prayer. God, we are here before you because we love you, Lord, and we want to be with you. And when we are here today, God, because we want to we feel, God, your touch upon our hearts deeply, Lord. God, go deep today, Lord. Go, go inside where areas where, Lord, that maybe we, we, don't, we don't like, God, but we know it's vital. We know it's important. So, Lord, move upon your, our hearts, Lord, with uh, your love, with your Holy Spirit. And I pray you would anoint this time, God. May we hear your voice, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love this story. Uh, years ago in, South, in, this, in the South African country of Zimbabwe, Mr. Kambarami, a leader in the Bible Society, a group there, tried to hand this New Testament Bible to a very stubborn man. The man rudely told him, If I take this now, I will only tear the pages out and roll them up to make my cigarettes. Well, Mr. Kambarami replied and said, Well, at least promise me this, to read the page before you smoke it. Well, the man agreed, took the Bible, and they went their separate ways. Well, then 15 years later, the two of them ran into each other at, surprisingly, a Christian conference in Zimbabwe. The scripture-smoking man was now a full-time evangelist. Well, when asked about how he had come to be saved, this is what the man explained. I smoked Matthew, and I smoked Mark, and I smoked Luke. But when I got to John 3.16, I couldn't smoke anymore. My life was changed from that moment on. Praise the Lord, yeah? This just goes to show you that God's book is more than just words on, a, on paper, right? It's powerful. Someone said many books can inform, but only the Bible can transform. Well, as we return to our study in Hebrews, we find that the Word of God is not some ancient writing, dead writing, anything like that. But it is actually very powerful and very much alive. We can say that the Bible is very much the living Word. And that's the title of our message this morning. The Living Word. The Living Word. We are going to be studying Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Just a few verses this morning. We're going to focus in on verse 12 and 13. We finished up verse 11 last time, and now we move on to verse 12 and 13. Now, the living word is this, and this is our outline. Number one, alive and active. The living word is alive and active. Number two, sharp and surgical. And number three, reads and reveals. Well, I'll give those to you as we go along. But let's begin here with number one. The living word is alive and active. Alive and active. Take a look with me here now. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It reads here, For the word of God is living and powerful. Now stop right there. We're going to pause right there and just take this part. We begin with this word, Four, the first word here in verse 12. And what it does is it, it connects us to what we've been studying, really back to chapter 3 and into chapter 4, which connects us to the analogy, if you remember you've been with us, of Israel not entering into the promised land of rest. Why? Because of their belief. 
Now, the writer had quoted Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8, if you look up there in verse 7, right, where David had written, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And remember, as we covered this, this was a call of opportunity to respond today to what God was saying. That is the call to enter the land of rest. If you missed those messages, I encourage you to grab the CD or you can listen to them on our website. But, and how we looked at, there was the, the present rest, the salvation rest, and the eternal rest. But all this analogy was speaking to his believers and calling to those who are hearing this to enter that land of rest, and that rest is in Jesus. So now, the writer goes on to say, what God says is not to be taken lightly or even falsely in that God's going to know your heart. I mean, if you say, yeah, yeah, Lord, I believe, but you know, he's going to know what's really going on deep inside of you. So the writer's going on, hey, you know, listen here, don't take what God says lightly or falsely. Be diligent, as he wrote in verse 11, to respond to God's word and not be like Israel in their, remember in verse 11, example of disobedience. Remember, they disobeyed the Lord. They didn't believe in him and they never entered in to the promised land, this first generation. They went around and around 40 years in the wilderness in that desert. But the writer saying, respond to the revealing work of God's word and let it change you. Let it bring you to that land of rest. So basically, honestly respond to what God says. So that's why the writer says, for the word of God. He's talking about what God is saying, and he's zeroing in on the scriptures. He's zeroing in on what God is saying. So in verse 12, he says, for, right? Listen to what God's saying. It's important you respond. It's important you're not disobedient. For, and then he says, the word of God is living. Now, this word living, it means it's alive. It's not dead. It's not just a collection of some words, but it's dynamic. It comes from God, who is, we know, alive too. This means the Word of God is relevant for today as well as for Israel back then, as well for David back then, and today. And that's why he says today, today is the day to respond. The Word of God is alive. In the 1500s, the father of the Reformation, Martin Luther, said this about the Word. He said, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold on me. I love that. We know that. Those of you who have really been in the Word and and having the Word really lay hold of you, you know that the Bible speaks directly to our needs. The Bible convicts us of our our sins and our personal sins. The Bible goes after our waywardness. The Bible speaks to every culture in any time period, in any country, and in any language. It's, it never gets old or outdated. It, it doesn't relate only to those, you know, back in the past, in the ancient time. But the Word speaks to us today. Why? Because the Word is alive. It's the living Word. And God is alive and real. That's why. Because this is the way He communicates to us through His Word. This is the primary way that God speaks to His people. And it's through that book you have in your hands. It's through the Word of God, the Bible in your hands. That's the primary way. Yeah, He speaks to us through the Spirit or maybe through a message or a song or a prayer 
But the primary way, black and white, in front of our eyes is the Bible, the Word. And it's living. It's alive. Let me put it this way. The Bible has a pulse. It's alive, you guys. Think of it that way. And not only that, look at verse 12. The Word of God is living in what? Powerful. The original word there in the Greek is energes. It means effective. It means efficient. It means powerful activity. It's where we get our word energy in our English today. The Word of God is active. Yeah? It does something. Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55:11. So the Bible has that power to transform lives. It has the power to conform us into that image of Christ, right? Romans 8 at the end. It, it, the Bible is what believers feed upon to be spiritually nourished, to spiritually grow. If we don't, we don't grow. We're not nourished. We, we become spiritually anemic. The Bible never takes a day off. It never runs out of power. It is tireless. It is not some ancient set of do's and don'ts like the Pharisees thought. But no, the Bible is active. The Bible is both alive and active. That's our heading. You know, when a person comes to receive Jesus Christ, you know what I tell them? The first thing I tell them is, hey, when I'm counseling them, I say, you know, now that you receive Christ, now that you have salvation, the first thing I tell them is, read your Bible. Read your Bible every day. Because the Bible is living. It's alive. It's active. It'll change your life. When someone is going through some problems, say in their family or their marriage at home, and they come and talk to me, you know what I ask them? Are you reading your Bible? If not, get into your Bible. Read your Bible every day. Read a chapter. Get into your Bible. When someone has lost their loved one and, and they're hurting so much, you know what I do? I encourage them with, in the Bible with a, a verse from the Word. When someone has issues of addiction or, or, or some habitual sin, you know what I tell them? Guess. Read your Bible. I'm not saying that the Bible is some magic book, yeah? Okay, I'll read this magic incantation and suddenly I'll be great, you know? Suddenly, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, well, here's a fix all. Just, just open the Bible and start reading. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is within the pages of this book, as you read it, as you understand it, as you comprehend what's in it, What's written in the pages of this book, you will hear from God. You can find the answers to your problem. You can find direction. You can find that truth that sets you free, like Jesus said. The Bible is alive and active. So what we see here is this. The living Word of God can powerfully change people's lives. The living Word of God can powerfully change people's lives. And that's a point I want to give to you just right away, right here in this first part. A teenager, I believe it was in Singapore, named uh, Paul Fang Chia, learned about Jesus' love. Someone shared with her. Uh, um, and she went to a Bible study, and then she heard the gospel, she heard the word, and so she prayed and received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. 
Well, her parents weren't too happy about that. They weren't sure about this Christianity thing. And so you know what they did? They sent her older sister with her to church to keep an eye on her. But something happened that the parents didn't expect. During the Bible study, the Word of God spoke to the sister's heart, and she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior as well. I love it. That's the power of God, you guys. That's the truth that's in the Word. That's why, why we see what the effect of it is because it's living. It's active. It's alive. It's powerful. It changes. It transforms. It's God speaking directly to us. I wish... You know, I, sometimes I think, oh, Lord, I wish I lived in the time where, uh, the time of the disciples, you know. And I wish I could have heard your voice. I could have heard the truth coming out of your mouth. That I could hear God speaking. But you know what? We have the next best, best thing. That's our Bibles. It's living. It's alive. It's active. It's powerful, you guys. Have you come to this realization yet? yet? Have you come to treasure the Word of God? Have you been in sync in reading your Bible? Have you been reading maybe other things? Oh, social media, yeah. Waking up, the news, yeah. Or maybe other books and neglecting the Word of God? Perhaps that's the reason why you seem to be stumbling more into sin. Easily tempted now. Perhaps that's why you seem like spiritually off lately. Perhaps that's why you haven't grown spiritually all these years. Do you see why reading the Bible daily is so important? You see that? You see why it's important to come to Bible study, to come to church. You see why that's important. I'm not talking about a ritual. I'm not talking about oh, just showing up in church and letting God, hey, I was here. Yeah, Take attendance, Lord. I was here. All right, see you later. No, it's about learning. The living Word. It's about studying it and getting it inside of us. It's about understanding it. That's why we go through the Bible here on Sunday mornings, Wednesday night, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. My passion is that you would understand the Word of God. That once, like, say we get done with this study in, in uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 12 and 13, that you could go home, read and go, I get it. I understand what it says. And if you understand what it says, then you know what? You can understand God. If you can connect with the Word, you can connect with God. And if you connect with God, your life will change. Receive what God is saying today. Get into the Word. And if you get into the Word, your life will be transformed. D.L. Moody said, The Scriptures were not given to increase our knowledge but to change lives. I love that. The Bible is living and powerful, alive and active. But it's something else. Let's go to number two here in our outline. The living word is sharp and surgical. The living word is sharp and surgical. We've seen it's alive and active. Now it's sharp and surgical also. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Look in this, this middle part now. It says... And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. We'll stop there. We're just going to take that part here in our second section. Okay, not only is the Word of God living and powerful, it is also sharper. And we're talking about razor sharp sharpness. Sharper than any two-edged. That means it cuts both ways. There's no blunt side here. 
Every scripture, everything in the word, every principle there is there for a reason. It's there to speak to us. It's God's word communicating. No blunt sight, but two-edged. It cuts both ways. And this sword, it's a two-edged sword. Now, this, the word sword here is a Greek word, makaira, makaira. And it, it, it really is the, uh, speaks of the short sword of the Roman soldier. They would have the big, long, you know, broadsword, Roma, Roma, I forgot what it was called, but that's a big sword, and they would use it for swinging big and just picking a big, heavy thing. But the Makaira was the short sword, uh, anywhere from 6 to 18 inches long, and th- they would, you know, carry it in their belt and pull it out for hand-to-hand combat, for precise slices rather than swinging that big, broad sword, just trying to hit anything, Right? This was precise slices and stabs that they would use this for. So the writer here uses Makaira, saying the Word of God is sharp and precise like the use of the Roman short sword. Interesting, Paul lists the same sword as part of the armor of God in Ephesians 6.17, where he writes, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword, the Makaira, of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Well, we see also here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the sword is used for piercing. The word means penetrating. The sword is not just for slicing, but it penetrates really deep and into hard areas. And so poetically, the the writer writes this, even to the division or that line between soul and spirit, he says here in verse 12. It's talking about the very essence of us human beings. It it means it's reaching deep down into us. And, the writer adds, even to the joints and marrow. God's knife, basically, or sword, can go where it seems impossible. Even through the hard bone to reach the soft marrow. So any hardness in this, God's knife, God's sword can reach deep down into those parts where maybe even we don't hardly get to. So the Word of God can surgically and strategically go where no knife can. Now, there's much talk about this soul and spirit, that, that subject of soul and spirit. And in a way, it's hard to draw any clear lines and conclusions and, and descriptions of this. I mean, I, I read a lot of commentaries and, and, and a lot of scholars and stuff, and they're kind of all over the place and no one knows exactly. But let me say this in, in a very simplified way, and I'll just put it out to you this way, because a lot of people talk about body, soul, and spirit, right? So just in, a, in the simplest way, and, and, and it's not definitive, and don't quote me on that, what Pastor Rick said, that. well, he's wrong, well, yeah, I might be. So anyway, but in the simplest sense, all right, let me say it this way, that your body is your physical being. Your soul is your mind and your heart. But the spirit, your spirit is what was once dead and now alive in Jesus Christ. That's the new creation that we are. So that's just in the simplest sense. And when we see soul and spirit and all that, we think, well, what is that? What is that? So let me just put it out to you in that way. But understand that this is much more uh, complicated and intertwined. I mean, your being and what makes you who you are is much more than this simple 
explanation. There's much more going on within our minds and our psyche, and that's some of the original words. Yeah. There's much more in our spirit and how it's connected and all of that, and it, it's, it's hard to really distinguish it out, what is what and where is what. But that's just the simplest idea. But it's very complicated and intertwined everything. But that's kind of what the writer is saying. What no psychologist can do, what no doctor or any expert can do, the Word of God can go down there. It can go down deep and deeper than anybody can go, even yourself. Now take note, the writer's not saying that the Word divides these parts. That, that's not really the sense here. But it's saying that God's Word can reach way down there and make sense of it. That God's Word can get in there where we don't even fully understand ourselves. It can get into those areas. It can reach down there. The Word can penetrate down to the real issues and the real problems that need to be addressed and dealt with deep down inside of us. So the Bible is both sharp and surgical. That's our heading. Gabriel and Frank Gabriel wrote, What the author is saying is that God's Word can reach to the innermost recesses of our being. So here's the writer's point here. The living Word of God cuts so precisely to reach into the deepest recesses of your life. The Word of God cuts so precisely to reach into the deepest recesses of your life. That's how incredible the word is that's how living it how, how powerful it is that it can get to those places where god is working on in you it can get to those areas where he wants to to change you it can get to those areas and cut out those things that shouldn't be in there that's what it's talking about the word, living word of god cuts so precisely to reach into the deepest recesses of your life one day years ago i was cutting up a bunch of boxes. I think it was after we moved in our last house. And I don't remember, but we had a bunch of boxes. I was just cutting them up, you know, getting them uh, flattened and getting them ready to take to the recycle center. And, and, and my blade wasn't that sharp, and I was just trying to cut and everything. And I, was, and I thought, oh, you know what, I, I better change the blade out. So I changed the blade out, got a sharper blade. And without thinking, I, I used the same pressure to cut, cut these boxes. And I had another couple boxes underneath but I used the same pressure and I went and I cut all the way down through into the carpet and I, I sliced a, a, a thing in the carpet and uh, one of the kids was like oh, oh dad oh you know and I'm like yeah usually I yell at them for doing something like that right so I sliced a big hole there but I was like oh no oops you know all of that but later on I, I got the carpet tape and put it underneath and nobody else knew you know kind of thing my mistake well let me tell you, God is not like me. Yeah? He cuts precisely. <laughs> he cuts surgically. He's not just, oh, oh, oops, oh, sorry, you know, hurt you too much there, you know, kind of thing. No, He knows exactly what we need to work on. He knows the area in our life that, that is the, the, the main thing we need to take care of, the issues that are going on. He knows how deep to go. He knows those areas in our lives. He, needs, he knows where we need healing, conviction, and to cut out those things. So you know what, guys? As we see that the living Word of God cuts precisely to reach those deep, deepest recesses of your life, 
then open up to Him. Open up to when the Word is going down deep into you. Respond to His voice. Don't harden your heart. Like this in context of this passage is saying, believe He's going deep. Don't harden your heart like Israel did. Obey Him. Come to Him. Open your heart. Let the Word of God fix you. Heal you. Let God be your surgeon and take out that, that cancer there. When He convicts your heart, trust that these things are what you need to work on. Let me tell you, the Word of God can go deep. Maybe when we first become Christians, oh, we, we, God works on those surface things. Oh, you need to stop your drugs. You need to stop your drinking. Oh, yeah. And when, and when God frees us of that, it's a huge thing, right? It's a huge thing in our life. But you know what? It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. There's other things underneath, deep inside our hearts, deep in our souls, that He wants to work on. He keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. He wants to deal with those things that maybe you have buried deep inside. Those hurts from the past, the disappointments, those crushed expectations, some of those wounds that, that you know, you couldn't heal, that it wouldn't heal, and you just buried it. You know, you just covered them up. Band-aid after band-aid, you almost forgot about them. Yet they're still affecting you. Things that may have made you who you are, but not who God wants you to be. That's what He wants to change. Some of us don't want to deal with that. Some of us, nah, nah. I only go so far. I get off my drugs and, and, and drinking alcohol. And I'll be okay. No, you're not okay. There's still issues that are going on that the Lord wants to work in your life. He knows you through and through, right? He's God. He knows every part of you. He knows what's messed up and what needs help. So let the skillful sword, yeah, the sword of God in the skillful hands of, of the Lord, that word of God bring you to that place of surrender to him to find healing, to, to, to find freedom from the bondage that's down in there. God wants to do an incredible work deep down in there, and He can. And that's the living Word of God. It cuts so precisely to reach into the deepest recesses of your life. And when it does, you'll know. You'll know because you'll be a changed person. George Whitfield was God's servant whom God used to bring a great revival actually in America during the 1700s. He traveled from England. The Lord called him. He started to preach and uh, do evangelistic uh, outreaches. And many, a revival happened in America. Well, once he was mocked by a group of critics called the Hellfire Club. And they were just there to just, just mock him and to tease him and go against him. On this occasion, one occasion, actually, one of them, a man named Thorpe, was mimicking Whitfield to his guys. He's just playing like he's George Whitfield and he's preaching. He copied exactly the words he was saying, delivering Whitfield's sermon word for word, imitating his voice and his facial expressions and trying to get everyone to laugh. But you know what? In the middle of it all, suddenly he stopped, sat down, For the message of the word had pierced his own soul way down deep through all the hardness, yeah? And he accepted Jesus right there and then. Isn't that awesome? That's the word of God. I love that. God's two-edged sword cuts precisely and surgically getting to the very core of our soul. And same with this man. That's what the living word of God does. It's sharp and surgical.
Well, let's go to number three now. The living word reads and reveals. Reads and reveals. The living word is alive and active. It's sharp and surgical. And lastly, our last heading here, number three. It reads and reveals. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the last part now of the verse. It says, And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, as the Word of God makes sharp and surgical cuts into the deep areas of our heart, it also is a discerner. That means to judge. The the word literally is like be a critic. It analyzes what it sees, what it has exposed or cut open. And what is that? Well, the writer here says here at the end of verse 12, the thoughts and intents of the heart. So what happened is God's Word compares what He says and what is in our thoughts, what our beliefs are. And it looks at our motives, our intentions, why we do what we do. So you cannot be fake here. The Word of God comes into us and shows us and exposes that truth of what's true, what's false, what's real, what's not. It goes all the way down into our, our hearts and opens that up. The Word of God can, I say it this way, can read and see all our thoughts and intentions. Yeah? Uh, Bruce Barton said in his commentary, the Word of God penetrates through our outer facade and reveals what lies deep inside. I like that. It goes in and it can read. It reveals it. It sees it all. It can read what's going on inside of us. What's written in the Bible along with the Holy Spirit reveals what's carnal, what's spiritual. What is fleshly and what is of faith or spirit. What is not of God and what is of God. He can look inside and see what's going on in there. Your thoughts, your motives, your intentions. Why you do what you do. And He can figure all that out with the Word. And we see that too. That What is going on inside of you. Think of it this way. When we read the Bible, the Bible is actually reading us. And so along with that, look at verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from His sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. So here the writer goes on along with what he's saying, along with what the Word reveals and how it it judges, it sees everything. He's saying no creature, that is any of God's creation, can be hidden from the Creator's sight. Nothing can hide from God. The Lord God who created us sees everything. He can see it all, this sovereign, powerful God. But, the writer says, all things are naked. In other words, there's, there's nothing, to be, nothing to hide behind. You cannot hide. It's all open. Open, he says here, is the word uh, in the Greek, trukalizo, and it, actually, it means to expose or lay open. So, you can't hide. You're naked before the Lord. You, it's all open. You're all exposed. You know what's interesting? This word, the original word for open here in our Bibles, what's interesting is this word is used when a wrestler, uh, when he grabs the neck of his opponent, opponent in a move to win. So the, uh, they use this in a way of that there's nothing this opponent can do. So, there's nothing you can do to hide yourself. And the writer goes on to say, 
from the eyes of him who is the Lord to whom we all must give account. So the word of God reveals your deepest secrets, which is all seen by God already. And as the word reads and reveals things are heading, God will keep you accountable for what you have heard from him. John chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus said, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. And then Jesus said this, The word, what is that that judges him? The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. There will come a time when we will be face to face with God and be accountable for what we heard with his word, what we did with his word, what we did with his son, father, son, Jesus. We will not be able to hide behind excuses, but our life will be naked and open before him. So remember now, let's, let's, let's keep in mind the context of our passage. L- the writer saying, hey, let's not be like Israel who did not hear the voice of God calling them to repent, to believe in Him, and return to the promised land. Let's not be like Israel who rejected His word and, and never entered. Let's not be like those who, 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 who have, yeah, they, they, they had the commandments, right? They had God's word, yet they didn't embrace it. Embrace it. Yet they, they could have probably thought, you know what, we're okay. We have the Bible, the, the commandments, the word of God with us. They, they probably thought, well, we're the chosen people. But the writer's almost saying this, the Lord saw their heart, right? The Lord can see inside our heart that nothing is hidden before Him. In other words, we cannot fool God. So our last point is this, this morning. The living Word of God exposes your real intentions and makes you realize you cannot hide anything. The living Word of God exposes your real intentions and make you realize you cannot hide anything. It happened again the other day. Someone came up to me after service and asked, How did you know? Know what? I said, How did you know about me? That message was just for me. It was convicting. You know what I told him? I told him that, well, your wife called me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> not, re- not really. We know what it was, right? It was the Holy Spirit speaking through the Word of God. So many times it, it, it's these comments, yeah, that you hear, well, I just happened to come and on this Sunday when you preach on this message and, well, that was just for me. That's what I needed to hear. Or, 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 or you know... How about this one? I almost didn't come, but I'm so glad I came because the Lord spoke to me. I kind of think, well, maybe now you should come more because God wants to speak to you more, you know. So does the, does the preacher have some secret, you know, line to God to get some information about your life? No, it's not that, you know. God doesn't call me up and, 
yeah, you know, you should talk about this because so-and-so, they're going through this, or so-and-so, they're this. Oh, okay, I'll make sure to put that into my notes and be one of my points. Thanks, Lord. Thanks for letting me know. No, it's not that. I'm just expounding the Word of God. I'm just explaining it to you and to bring out the meaning, the intention of the writer, what, it, what God is trying to communicate to help you understand what God is saying, and it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you. And I just give you some suggestions on applying the Word and even how it's applied to me and how it's spoken to me. But if the Lord is speaking straight to you and those things, exposing those things, it's not me. It's the Word, right? And we cannot hide from God. You know, the big question is, what will you do about what God is exposing, right? What will you do with it? Will you keep on going on in your own way and sinning? Or will you repent and let the Word of God change you? Listen, the Word exposes our hearts. And if you trust God, the Word will help your hearts to obey God and trust in His promises. That's why we should not follow the example of disobedience, verse 11 of Israel, that the Israelites did. But if we, and if we do, we will stay stuck in the wilderness like they did. But let's listen. Let's hear. Let's embrace. Let God do His work with His Word in our hearts and respond in repentance to Him. And let the Word of God heal us and change us and fix us. I was thinking, you know, some of you are good at reading people. Well, then let the Bible read you. The Bible is way better. Let it, like in our modern language, let it scan you. Yeah? Let it scan you. I was reading this old article that was written when the whole body scanning came out, you know, in the airports. It was about seven or eight years ago. And and I was reading this old article and it was saying that two-thirds of travelers were okay with it you know, that the body scanners are being placed in the security checks at the airport. And they felt like it made flying more safe. Well, someone, when it was first coming out, had started this, this thing on the Internet, I think social media. Uh, they called that, um, let's do an opt-out day tomorrow. And they, they made a specific date to opt out of body scan and protest the TSA. Well, the TSA... Um, predicted that, oh, and, it was in the, and this was part of the article, that, oh, they predicted that it will cause problems, long delays going through the security checkpoints at, in the airport on that day because this person put out, let's, let's do this opt-out day. But on that published day, there was no one who protested. And I like the, the article, as was actually titled this, and this is what I like, Travelers Opt-Out of Opt-Out Day. <laughs> I like that. So, I was thinking, let's do the same. You know, let's opt out of opting out of getting the Word to scan us, to read us. Get into the Word. Let it scan you. Let it read you and see. Let, let God see the insides of you and let Him work on you and, and, and see how God sees us. Then you know what? Then you'll see for yourself who you really are. And sometimes that's not a pretty picture. But that's what God wants to fix. This experience wants to bring us to a place where we are honest with God 
And that's the beginning of healing, of your transformation, of finding trust, of finding that He will and He wants to, and, and, and then seeing that God can make in you a new desire to obey Him. Will you do that today? Will you let the Word go deep? I know it could be a scary thing. I know we don't like to deal with certain things maybe that we've, we, we've covered for a long time because it hurts. But God in His love is doing this. And this is the only way to fix you and bring you into the land of rest. Next time you sit down to read your Bible, don't rush it. Take the time to let God go deep. Let Him speak to you. Next time you come to church, learn. Listen for the voice of God to reveal some deep things inside you. Don't just listen for what you want to hear. You know how we do that sometimes? We're like, oh, nah, nah. You know, it's, it's kind of like a buffet. Ah, no, like that. Well, I'll take that one. Yeah. Sometimes we listen in that way. But listen for what the Spirit is saying and not just what you want to hear. Be open to anything. Get into the Bible and your life will change. Guarantees. I like what Spurgeon once said. If you see a Bible falling apart, it usually belongs to someone who isn't. You see how the Bible really is the most dangerous thing in your life. And I say that because it's dangerous to sin. It's dangerous to the habitual sin in your life. It's dangerous to, 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 the, to you, the areas in your life that don't want healing. It's dangerous to those parts that don't want fixing. Because the Bible will do that. It's a dangerous thing. One Sunday evening at a church, a missionary, and I'll close with this, a missionary shared her experiences on, on this short-term mission trip that she took into this communist country. Her team was stopped right at the border, and the guards asked, Do you have any guns? Do you have any drugs? Or do you have any Bibles? Yes, that's what they asked. Though they probably never read it, they believe Hebrews 4.12. To them, and the writer says this, the Bible was as dangerous as guns and drugs. Guns injure and kill the body. Drugs alter and distort the mind. But the Bible exposes and destroys falsehood. And for the communists, it threatens their control over the people. Why, the writer says, because it gives to the people what no government can. The Bible enriches lives. It instills hope and frees the human spirit, which makes it as threatening to the atheistic government as guns and drugs do. And then the writer goes on and says this, When we meditate on the truths of this powerful book, we experience its impact on our lives by the indwelling Holy Spirit who make it real to us. Guns, drugs, and the Bible all wield power, but only the Bible destroys what is false and builds what is true. I love that. You want to do something dangerous? Yeah. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Do all you can to let the Bible into your life. It is the most powerful, tangible thing we have on this earth, you guys. Hold to that book because it is the living word. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for, Lord, what you're showing us today. 
God, help us to realize the truths that we have learned and how incredible the Bible is. God, you have in your sovereign power and will kept this book together throughout all these centuries. You have had different writers and authors, Lord, write different books inside of this book, but they they are all one. They all come together. They all link together because it's you who have done it. You have inspired them. And now we have it all together in one book. And we know, Lord, it is your word. It is you communicating to us, Lord. And so, God, we want to listen. We want to hear your voice through this book. We want to learn what you're really telling us, God. We want to dig deep and grow in faith, Lord. We want to, we want to grow, Lord, in, in our spiritual walk with you. And God, we want to allow and let your word go down deep into us and fix us. Lord, I pray for each one of us right now that we would allow that. That we would allow the, 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 the precise cuts to be made. The surgical cuts that go down to exactly what we need to take care of. Exactly what you want us to work on. And Lord, after that, Lord, we know you continue to work. And God, cut out the sin. Cut out the habitual sin. Cut out our unbelief and doubt. Cut out, Lord, those things that are hindering us in our love and our relationship with you. And Lord, go deep. Go to those places, the ugly places where, Lord, we know like gold the skeletons and the the parts that still hurt so much, Lord. Go down deep in with your word, Lord. Heal us, Lord. Soothe us and comfort us and, 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 and heal the wound, Lord. Stitch it up, God. And through your word and your voice and your, your healing touch, God, may we be freed from the bondage of those hurts, Lord. And God, may you continue to make us into who you want us to be in your very image, Lord. Godly people, men and women who love you and who live for you and who walk as a shining light, God, who glorify you in everything and not just what we do or say, but even in what we think and what is in our hearts, even in our our motives and, and intentions, Lord. Oh, Lord, here we are, an open book before you. You know all. You see all, Lord. And we want to allow you and welcome you in. We want to let you do that work because, God, I am tired of myself, Lord. I am tired of my own failures and focusing on me and focusing on the past. And, Lord, I want to be freed from all of that. And I I want to live for you, God. I don't want these things to hinder me no more. And I want to love you more. So God, do these things and let what we learn today bring us to that realization that from today on, from this moment on, that we would be in love with your word, hunger for your word, and treasure it like nothing else, Lord. And as we end it here, God, Lord, we want to do a dangerous thing, God. We want to get into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.